You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a very special episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. It's England versus Wales week, which really always makes me incredibly nervous. And uh, we thought, what better way to, to take your, your mind off the pre-match nerves than, uh, than to put together a, a, a special Six Nations quiz, courtesy of the author of the fantastic new book, the Six Nations Rugby Quiz Book. We are joined this week by Matthew Jones. How are you, Matt? How's it going, guys? Yeah, really well. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's great to have you on. We were just saying off air as well, I've got a copy of the book, and even though I resisted cheating, I genuinely did. You've created this one from scratch just for us. It's just for you guys. And normally when I do this, they usually like multiple choice. But as this, as this is like the Premier League standard, <laughs> there's going to be no mel- multiple choice, boys, all right? Yeah. Good, good. Specialist, as long as you've got that specialist round of uh, Swansea RFC 79 to 81... All in the bag, yes, in no worries, all right? Thank you, just, great. Just those two see a pile of, as well. I can see a pile of all his programmes in the background from that year as well. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a book within reach, actually. <laughs> you have a tie to go with them. <laughs> oh, that classic tie, yeah, definitely. I don't know if I, st- I used to have one. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, yeah, as, as I say, we will be previewing the, uh, the England-Wales game in the second part of this podcast, uh, and we'll also have a look back at... Uh, another uh, another interesting defeat uh, or load of defeats for the regions. Um, so all of that to, to come. But we thought we'd start with the light-hearted fun stuff first up. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to do five questions, uh, well, four rounds of five questions, and then we'll mark them at the end of, uh, of the five questions. Uh, so you can play along at home or in the car, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just when you thought you were done with Zoom quizzes, eh? we've come back 
only uh, only two years after uh, after everyone else. We think it's safe safe to return now. So uh, Matthew, uh, don't, yeah. don't write your answers down if you're driving, though. Obviously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably best not to. Yeah. And uh, as ever, uh, uh, caffeine, not nicotine. Caffeine, we, caffeine, not nicotine. We keep meaning to say. Yeah, as you, you keep mentioning at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, just too scared to say it uh, during your uh, uh, wrap-up. Exactly. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have we'll have the sponsors' plugs later on. But um, right, Matthew, it's over to you. <laughs> yeah, go, let's go for it then. So let's. Do- oh, right on cue. <laughs> Let's go for connection it. There, yeah, we had a slight. Oh, was there? So, yeah. That's all right. I might have to deduct. It. If this carries on, I'll have to deduct points off everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me now, gents? Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go for it then. Question one: Which forward captained Wales in their first ever Six Nations match, a 36-3 loss to France at the Millennium Stadium in February 2000? So, which forward captained Wales in their first ever Six Nations match? A 36-3 loss to France at the Millennium Stadium in February 2000. Hmm. Murph is looking great, question, reasonably confident. Oh, he says great I know question. I'm not confident, oh, but it's a great question. If you're saying great question, it feels to me like Murph's, Murph's got that one in the bag. He's got mm. it. I can tell by his mm. face. Mm. A nice, that's a nice sightner for you, that one, isn't it? The only danger is you had two. Were you there on that day, Murph? Uh, no, I doubt it. Uh, I had already become an old cynic by the year 2000. <laughs> I think I was a cynic by the time I was 14. But, um, Flew for yes, yeah. and he didn't play for Swansea. All right? <laughs> I kind of knew that. Like I, I was the first thing as going through the hookers. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you told me that. I wish you told me that clue before I wrote down Colin Charles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, guys. Question two: Who was the 2012 of Six Nations Player of the Championship? Who was the 2012 Six Nations Player of the Championship? I like that one. You go on, like I like the sound of that one. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Happy. That's, yeah, that feels that feels a good one there. Okay. Question three: Who made the most Six Nations appearances, James Hook or Jonathan Thomas? Who made the most Six Nations appearances, James Hook or Jonathan Thomas? And I'll tell you, gents. It was close. There's two games in it. James Hook or Jonathan Thomas mm. in the Six Nations? This is one of those that if it was on the chase, I'd instantly be thinking, oh, it's obviously it's obviously Jonathan Thomas. Why, why else would it be up there? Why else would it be up there? <laughs> oh. I, I do like the chase. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real head scratcher, that one. And, there's only, and, and you've even given us the two possible answers. Yeah, okay. Right, next one, question four. Wales won last week's match against Scotland with a Dan Bigger drop goal. In which year did Wales last kick a Six Nations drop goal? So Wales won last week's match against Scotland with a Dan Bigger drop goal. In which year did Wales last kick a Six Nations drop goal? Mm. At least you can guess it. Yeah. Give it a go. Hmm. I'm trying to read Yestin. I don't know whether he just knows it all. <laughs> I think he's just writing down uh, uh, band names instead. <laughs> I thought he was doing his like Tesco shop list. <laughs> I might as well be, frankly. <laughs> so that was question four. So question four was Wales won last week's match against Scotland with a Dan Bigger drop goal. In which year did Wales last kick a Six Nations drop goal? Right. And question five. So the last one in this round. Who made his Wales debut against Ireland two weeks ago? 
you've spoken about this gentleman a few times in the last few weeks. So I'm, this is probably a gimme for you. Who made his Wales debut against Ireland two weeks ago? Happy with that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Oh, right, we're gonna, I'm going to have to trust you that nobody's cheating because you have to score your own papers. I would, okay? Honestly, there are, there are bigger stakes to this. If I find out anyone's cheating here, I will feel personally betrayed. Like if Kill- if Killick was here, I could see I could see him scribbling out and cheating. But uh, but seeing as he's running scared, uh, I'd be bitterly disappointed in you, gents, if you were to cheat. Uh, you can shout out the answers, right? right. So let's go through them. So question one: Colin was- Chavez. <laughs> it wasn't Colin Chavez. Byron Mugford. The first Wales captain. Who are we going for, guys? Scott Cornell. No. Oh. Yes, then. No, I haven't got. I, he was I, Murph, I, Murph's, I, Murph's Murph's right. Oh. Die young. Unfortunately, well I did write Colin Chavez because I'm, I'm I trying knew... to cheat. <laughs> That's what I'm sticking to. Fair play. Or... I knew okay. it was somebody in the front row, but I just didn't know it. I couldn't remember who. But anyway, so I don't get a half a point for just getting a position. <laughs> or, uh, row, the row, the front row. We'll yeah. see how things go, yes. If we put okay, you later yeah, yeah, yeah. on, okay. we might retrospectively give you something, all right? Fine, okay. okay, question two. The 2012 Six Nations Player of the Championship, who was he? I Anybody? Got half penny. Dan Lydia. Dan Lydia. Oh. It was Dan Lydia. Wrong again. Halfpenny was the year after Murph. All right, okay. So, question three James Hook or Jonathan Thomas? Who are we going with? I've gone for Hook. I went Hooky. I went John Thomas. <laughs> oh, yes, then go home. <laughs> oh, you are home. Just switch your laptop off. Um, yeah. it, 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 was, it was James Hook. And um, qu- question four the year um, we last kicked a drop goal, it was 2000. And- 13. Close, 15. Oh, I put 17. And it was actually damn bigger against England. So a seven-year gap. And question question five, who made his debut against Ireland? You've spoken about him loads. Dewey Lake. No idea. Dewey Lake. Dewey Lake. (laughs) Hooray, I got one. I was... Do you know what? I I got no name down at all for that because it was too recent. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't. It's just doesn't compute. Nothing from the last month is like sunk in yet. So I right, have nothing of, written down. Bit of honesty here then, right? So Jed, what did you score? Three. Three. Murph? One. Yeston? One and a half. No, one. <laughs> well, one. I, should, I should have got multiple choice here. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, I know. you should have. Okay, round, round, round two then, okay? Obviously, um, they get easier now, don't they? Uh, oh, so easy. So yeah, easy. Yeah, right, clearly, round, clearly. R- round two. Wales were 2013 Six Nations champions. Who was the tournament's top try scorer? And obviously he was Welsh. So Wales were the 2013 Six Nations champions. Who was the top try scorer? Hmm. Happy with that? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yes, Din, all right with that one? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Okay. So question seven. Jonathan Davis is known as Fox as he was brought up in a pub called the Fox and Hounds. In which village will you find the pub? Oh, just so outside Carmarthen somewhere. It is just yeah. outside Carmarthen on the way oh, to St. Clair's. I should know that. <laughs> so really, Jonathan... really bad. Oh, oh I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to guess. Okay. I mean, Where is if, the if my rugby knowledge wasn't being embarrassed, now my Welsh geography is being embarrassed. <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to leave it blank. Okay, question eight then. Who scored the most Six Nations tries? Justin Tipperick 
or Sam Warburton? Who scored the most Six Nations tries, Justin Tipperick or Sam Warburton? And there's only one in it. Mm. One in it either way. These are good, these ones. It's a 50-50 for you, gents. I'd say cruel, not good. It's a tough round, this one. This is a definite. (laughs) Okay, have we all gone for something? Yeah. 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 Okay, next one. Tane Basham was Wales' standout player in their loss to Ireland two weeks ago. He's played for two premiership teams. Cross Keys is one of them, which is the other club. So Tane Basham was Wales' standout player against Ireland, in fairness to the guy. He's played for two premiership teams. Cross Keys and one other. Can I just um, object uh, briefly? Because Cross Go Keys... On. Cross keys are in the championship now, so I think it was in the past. It was in the past. It was yeah. when they were in the not obviously not this season. He's in current <laughs> at the national. But they've been in the championship for a while. That's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, Murph. You try and correct the quiz master too much, <laughs> points get deducted, right? It's, it's not, you, I mean, if, really... we deduct, if we did if we deduct too much, I'd be showing minus. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, the last one in this round then. Which then Cardiff Blues wing? made his only two Six Nations appearances in 2007, which then Cardiff Blues wing made his only two Six Nation appearances in 2007. Played for Cardiff for quite a while. 2007, he made two Six Nations appearances, his only Six Nations appearances. Jez looking reasonably confident. Yeah, that one I've got. The rest of the round's a bit of a car crash, I think. I'm looking at Murph's face there. Not confident. I think I okay. might be 10 years out. <laughs> Let's go through the answers then. So um, the first one was um, the tournament's top try scorer in 2013. He was Welsh. Any North ideas? North. Not quite. Alex, it was Alex Cuthbert. Oh! So the Fox and Hounds pub, any idea? Tally. You're- no. Not, qu- not quite. You're in the right, right part of the world, I suppose. Andy um, Pandy. Not quite. Oh, I'm definitely know. not in the right part of the world. Bank of Ellen. Ellen. But you were right, between Carmarthen and Sinclair's. Mm. Um, the next one, Sam Warburton or Justin Tipperick? What did you go for? Tipperick. I went for Tipperick. Correct. Oh, yeah. Man. Four for Tipperick, three for Warburton. Right. Team Basham. He's played for Cross Keys and one other club. It's got to be another Gwent club, isn't it? I'm going Ebu Vale. Oh, yeah, I like you thinking. Not correct, but the right thinking. It was bed to us. Oh, man. Okay, and the last one in the round, the, the Cardiff Blues winger. Chris Chakai. Correct. Oh, great. Did he only have two caps? That's no, he has no, two Six Nations appearances. Uh, of course, he broke his leg Australia, against Australia, Australia, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got a feeling Jed won that round as well. So, Jed, what did yeah, you get? No, I, get I, only had, five, I only had five, two five. there. I had the two wingers. Everything two. else I got wrong. So that's... Murph? Yeah. One. I, I'm about to Solid. suffer some dodgy internet connection if this carries on. <laughs> and Yestin? One for me too. Cool, all right. Okay, so... Can I, can I just tell you who I had for the Six Nations two caps from Cardiff? Nick Wall. Craig Morgan. Craig, yeah, you are t- 15 years out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought some people might have gone for Tom James. I was thinking... Yeah, he came, he came, okay. he came back, didn't he, Tom James? He had a couple of caps yeah, a few yeah. seasons back. Chris yeah. Chekai doesn't feel like 15 years ago, does he? No. Oh, I know. Time flies, doesn't it? I mean, if you see him now, he still looks about 23. Yeah, he looks the same, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, round three, okay? 
Who is the current WRU Head of Performance Analysis? Right, now we're talking. Who now is the current here. WRU Head of Performance Analysis? He sits in front of Pivac every game. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest with you, gents, he was, he was a good friend of mine in school. And he never gets a shout-out. So I thought, <laughs> do you know what? I'm with you, boys. You can have a shout-out. Uh, no, I thought you meant um, performance um, director. That's a totally different guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly he, what he looks the, like. The, the, the one on the laptop, yeah. Giving them all the stats. Mm. See, at least you could have gone Mark Davis, you know, for the for good for like you know physio days. Again, going back to nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty one. Is there is there a link there somewhere, Justin? <laughs> I don't know. Are you trying to draw us down some alleyway? Right. Yeah. Okay. Next one then. Um, which Welsh fullback scored five tries in twenty six Six Nations games from two thousand and six to two thousand and eleven? Which Welsh fullback scored five tries in tw- 26 Six Nations games from 2006 to 2011? First time I've been confident. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good strike rate. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeston, you got one down for that one? Yeah. Okay. Wales beat England 11-9 in the first round of the 2005 Six Nations Championship. Which Ospreys winger scored the game's only try? Which year was that? 2005. Wales beat England 11-9 in the first round of the 2005 Six Nations Championship. Which Ospreys winger scored the game's only try? Obviously, we went on to win the Grand Slam that year. You all know that. Happy with that one? Happy with that one. Mm -hmm. Which current member of the Wales squad has scored 24 points from 18 Six Nations appearances? Which current member of the Wales squad has scored 24 points from 18 Six Nations appearances? And I don't think Murph's a big fan of this gentleman. <laughs> Not a bit down. <laughs> <laughs> that is basically all of them, I know, but I've got a feeling you don't particularly like this one. So, was it, so, so uh, yeah, 20, 24 points from 12? From, uh, from 18 Six Nations appearances. And I've got to be honest with you, I thought I'd have guessed he'd have scored a lot more than this, but it's 24 points from 18 Six Nations appearances. Okay. And the last one in this round, both Hugh Bennett and Richard Hibbard have made 18 Six Nations appearances each. Which one made the most starts? So Hugh Bennett and Richard Hibbard have made 18 Six Nations appearances each. Which one made the most starts? So it's 50-50, gents. Yeah, that's a good one because, um, yeah. It's a close one. Mm. Yeah, because um, they were both kind of uh, in the shadow of someone else at the start. Yeah. yeah. A few, uh, Correct. Wales, so, yeah. Correct. There's a few hookers around at that point, wasn't there? Mm. And jostling. Okay. Shall we go through the answers? Yeah. So the first one, the WRU head of performance analysis is Rodri Bowne. The fullback... Apologies for the silence there as well. Clearly, we uh, none of us yeah. knew that one. No. The full Kevin Morgan, the fullback. Nah, you're oh, a bit too Kevin early Morgan. on that one. Ooh. Lee, Burn. Lee, Lee Burn. Burn. Lee Burn. Lee Burn. You're a little bit early on. Yeah. Kevin Morgan. 
The Ospreys winger. Shane Williams. Two- Shane Williams, correct. Arthur Emir. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Yes, for, for that, you get a point. In fact, you get a bonus point for Arthur Emir. All right, right? Mark Titley. I, I did think as it came up there yesterday, even the Ospreys question was the neath half of it. I <laughs> You get nothing from Mark Titley. Sorry. Right, yeah, okay. okay. So this, the player who's currently in the Wales squad, 24 points from 18 Six Nations appearances, is Rhys Priestland. Yeah. I thought he'd have scored a lot yeah. more than that. I suppose half penny, half penny was... to a lot of the kicks for a period yeah. after the World Cup. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the last one in this round, so question 15, the hooker, was it Hugh Bennett or Richard Hibbard who'd made the most starts for Wales? Who did you go for? I went Bennett. I went for Bennett. I went for Bennett. It was Hibbard. Oh, man. Ten, ten starts versus Bennett, seven. Wow. So, let's get the so scores. Of course, it's Six Nations only. It's, yeah. it's Six Nations yeah. only, yeah. It's only, two, it's only two, you know, from Hibbard's point of view, it's only two seasons worth of yeah. Six Nations games that he's actually started. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. yeah. For yeah. a guy yeah. whose who's legacy is so enormous. Yeah, yeah. But he did spend a lot of time queuing up Behind someone There's else, mainly because of his own condi- conditioning, I would have yeah. said at the time. Well, but, it uh, was they wanted a rucking hooker, wasn't it? That was the whole. That was the narrative, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Wow. S- scores on the door. So Jed. Two for that one. Two. So you're up to seven, Murph. Two as well. Up to four. Yes. And I'm just the one again. A consistent. Solid one. I'm, co- I'm consistent. I'm, I'm I'm was that, that Arthur Emery? <laughs> oh, oh no, two including us. You know, you're, you're having that one. Okay, two for then. the bands. For the bands, right? Okay. We'll Don't, all remember we'll right. all remember all my five my next five answers are gonna be right right on the yeah. money then in that On case. the subject, very important not if you not so much now because he's an older guy, but in the nineties it was very important not to take the piss out of Arthur Emmer if you saw him in a pub above his drop goal. Really? He wouldn't swing for you, really? allegedly. I mean, I don't want that to go in front of court. And, but I was warned. Don't whatever you do, don't take the piss out of Arthur Emery who sat over there. But that's what yeah. everybody remembers, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, I was in a pub right. with, okay. um, oh, with Terry Holmes on after the uh, after the Scotland match, and you wouldn't want to be taking the piss out of him for anything ever, ever. He looked like the most. He looked like he was going to punch you even for just walking in the pub. But he was. He is. <laughs> He looks like nails still. Yeah. Mm. Absolute nails. I, I met him it was when I was recently. 10. And I remember yeah. being terrible. Oh. Like, I've never had, obviously, you know, I was, I was still only a 10-year-old kid, but it just felt like a bone-crushing handshake. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, absolute, yeah. In, insanely um, hard man. Allegedly, um, for a long time, he was teeing off at Cottrell Park every time Wales played because it was easy to get a slot. <laughs> <laughs> That's how interested he was. <laughs> well, it was during the uh, France Island game, so he might uh, well have finished yeah, yeah. his nine holes and then pop yeah. back for the for the main. <laughs> right, last round, five to go. Five to go. Okay. First one then. Wales beat England twenty-one thirteen in February two thousand nineteen. Wales scored two tries. Josh Adams scored one of them. Who was the second row yes. that scored the other one? I'm glad you're confident there, Murph. I shed a little tear over that one. Fair, fair play. Yeah. So Wales beat England 21-13 in February 2019. The two try scorers, Josh Adams so was Jed. one. Uh-huh. Who was the other? Happy with that? Yeah. Can we move on? Who started all five matches at Hooker as Wales won a 2005 Grand Slam. 
who started all five matches at hooker as Wales won a 2005 Grand Slam. We've spoken about a, a few hookers already, but we haven't spoken about this one. One of, one of my um, one of my mates has got a son named after him. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody happy with that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who is Ellis Jenkins engaged to? Oh. Who is Ellis Jenkins engaged to? Gosh, I've met her, and I still don't know her name. They were engaged, I think, over Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Something. Uh, I'll, I'll just make up a Welsh name for the second. How many? I know how name. many Six Nations yeah. appearances has she got? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you read okay. Hello Magazine, Jed? Clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> they're Wales a big celebrity. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. They or Shemai yeah. Magazine, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, two questions to go. Island 32-20 in March 2005. Which prop scored his only Six Nations try in the game? Wales beat Ireland 32-20 in March 2005. Which prop scored his only Six Nations try in the game? What a thing of beauty it was too. It was. He played a lot, made a lot of appearances, but his mm. only Six Nations try. Mm. I think I'm guessing everybody's got that one. Mm. And um, the last question, and if you were really listening, I kind of give you a clue earlier on about this one. Um, Wales were the 2013 Six Nations champions. Who was the tournament's top point scorer? Wales were the 2013 Six Nations champions. Who was the tournament's top point scorer? So from some of the other questions, you might be able to work it out. Happy with that? Happy with that one. I got a feeling you've had a better run on these ones, gents. Yeah, yeah I that definitely felt the, uh, the easiest round, I think. Yeah. Okay, so the first one was the second row. Who was he? My ex-husband, Corey Hill. Corey Hill is correct. The next one, the hooker the score, uh, that um, appeared in the 2005 Grand Slam winning season. Well, now I've said my mate's got a son named after him. I hope it's Mevin Davis. <laughs> it is Mevin <laughs> Davis. Okay, the next one, right? Ellis Jenkins, who is he now engaged to? No idea. So Sophie, y- yes, insert Welsh name Evans. Yeah. Yes. Oh, correct. well done, Sophie wow. Evans. Well done. The, we- the West End star. I'm yeah. sure you've all been up there several times to see her sing. I, 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 I walked into a party of someone um, Yestin also knows in Poncana, and um, <sighs> she was belting out like a bit of karaoke in the kitchen. And um, I had no idea she was a professional singer. So I almost saying, oh, I'll keep the fucking noise down. But um, <laughs> then I realised Ellis was there and I never paid any more attention to her because Ellis Jenkins was there. So, What was Ellis doing around their house? Whose house? Uh, is no, someone else we know in, in, oh, in Poncana. Okay. Uh, they'd, oh. been, they, they'd been to the cameo, the old cameo, which is now gone, okay. and uh, been dragged back against oh. their will to a house party in someone's house. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay. I said Catherine Jenkins just for the convenience of the second. <laughs> yeah. Right, next one then. So the prop, you probably all know this one. Gethin Jenkins. Well, another Jenkins. It was Gethin. another Jenkins. It was Gethin Jenkins. And the last one, 2013 Six Nations Championship top point scorer, it was... Lee Halfpenny. I went Halfpenny. Halfpenny. Lee Halfpenny. Do you know what? Top of the class. Five. Oh. Five. Five out of five. Did everybody get five there? No, I did. I didn't get the. Uh, didn't get. Tick, tick, didn't tick, get tick, the tick. Ellis one. Ellis no, one my mate. So you get... 
Okay, so scores on the doors after that. So in third spot was Yestin, even though we gave him a bonus point for Arthur M. Mill. <laughs> in, in second spot was Murph, and the winner was Jed. Yes. Hang on, oh, how, no. much, how many did he get? He got 11, you got 9. Oh, well so done. we can spend half an hour having a look at your um, scores yeah. again, but I, I don't think no, it'll change. No, there's no, it's no, there's no need for a recount. I was going to say, yeah, we get an independent auditor in or a lawyer uh, following the amount of times you've said allegedly on this podcast so far, Murph. <laughs> the amount of yeah. trouble you're going to get this in. Yeah. Oh, no. Stop the count. Stop the count. Yeah, definitely stop the count. <laughs> stop the count now. Uh, th- thoroughly enjoyed that, Matthew, especially because Matt. I won. Um, yeah, but that's fantastic. And tell us... Um, Tell us uh, where we can get hold of the book, and uh, and obviously I would encourage any anyone to do that. Not that I've read it, not that I've read it yet, but I will now. Bloody cheat! <laughs> yeah, cheers, guys. Yeah, it's, it out, it came out last week, I think it was. It's out on Amazon or in your local bookshop. So um, please go forth and buy, and that'd be great. Thank you. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow. I slept up. <laughs> Maybe they can deliver quick enough. <laughs> if you get... Give them a shout, Murph. They yeah, might. She, do. She's as I've said on here before, Matt. She's a, she's an expert every Six Nations, so she'll love that. <laughs> And it's only four ninety nine. So do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean exactly my price range. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really want to say it, but I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I've already bought a daffodil, so I mean I don't want to spoil it. Oh, that's it. Maybe. What was that? Quid, quid a bunch. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Quid a bunch in Morrison's, and then the uh, the the Six Nations rugby quiz book to follow. Uh, thanks for that, Matthew. Fantastic. We're going to take this quick break and then we're going to come back and we are going to preview the uh, England versus Wales game just to just to bring everyone down, uh, bring the mood down a bit. Um, but we'll be back <laughs> after this quick break. Welcome to the second half of the Attacking Scrum podcast. I'm in two minds as to whether to just uh, spend this entire half gloating about my fantastic victory and analysing that in far too much detail. Um, But more pressing things uh, are ahead of us and we're going to be looking ahead to the England versus Wales Six Nations tie coming up this Saturday. Uh, How are we feeling about this one, boys? I've mentioned numerous times how I'm too nervous to ever enjoy this fixture, particularly living behind enemy lines. How's, uh, how's everyone else feeling ahead of this one? Murph, let's start with you. I, I couldn't do what you do, living. Um, I mean, I suppose one advantage is you work at home now. That's true. So you don't have to go into the office on Monday morning having been spanked by the Hun on Saturday. You know what I mean? Uh, I couldn't cope with it. I, I do I do regularly this fixture. I suppose everyone. I, I, I can potentially have a bit of a meltdown at home or wherever I am. I try not to go out for the Wales England game if I can help it. And uh, being there is, I, I don't go to many games as we've already established, but uh, being there is just a real uh, emotional roller coaster. <laughs> so oh, if you come out the other, if yeah, you come out the other end exactly. winning, though, I was reminiscing with someone on Twitter the other day about um, about the 2012 game, which was obviously our last Six Nations win at uh, at Twickenham, and. Um, yeah, the Scott Williams rip on Courtney Laws and everything like that, and I, that might be my favourite moment of watching rugby live ever. And I was yeah. it was a sea of tweed around me as well. It just uh, that was a particularly special one. Well, Matthew, you got a, a particular favourite or worst memory of uh, of playing England? Favourite, like probably everybody in Wales. I was up in Wembley in what was it ninety nine <laughs> yeah. with the Scott Gibbs try. So that was probably the favourite. I nearly missed it. It sounds awful. But me and my mate, we went up from Cardiff on the day 
and we booked National Express tickets and we booked the bus too early and we were worried we wouldn't get out in time and obviously we were down and literally we were walking down from our seats ready to exit as Scott Gibbs was running towards us so we just turned around and Scott we're literally like yards away from Scott Gibbs when he scores a try so that probably was the favourite I suppose I remember as a kid watching that Ian Evans try yeah. wasn't it with you know the Emily Lewis uh, mm. chip ahead when he uh, out does underwood that was probably quite a special one as well I think from the youth uh-huh. Did you make the bus, though? I, we did. We did. Uh-huh. We got to try it, and we just made the bus. Well done. That's it. If Carlsberg that, did match days. That crash, yeah. I did. Yes, in. Yeah. I, I, how I, are you well, feeling, Slash? Favourite memory? Favourite memory was definitely the first time that I, I managed to avoid going to Twickenham, really. I just thought it, my parents... I remember my mother coming back after the Paul Ringer sending off and saying don't ever don't you ever go to that place <laughs> and um but going there in 2008 mm. and uh having a ticket for the you know having going to the west car park and literally being among the final 10 cars to leave uh confronting leslie vinacolo or my friend paul hunter um not the snooker player um confronting Leslie Vinacolo outside the ground go unlucky Leslie unlucky son unlucky son we're played son this big colorful braids in yeah yeah um that that was one of the great greatest days of my life full stop yeah it was uh (laughs) it was just amazing so I'm 19 I'm in 99 was cathartic in many ways because I'd been a, a football journalist reporting on Euro 96 and I, I was so envious of the England fans standing on the chairs singing Three Lions and all that kind of caper and I literally, I did shed a tear of, of pure unbridled jealousy thinking I'll never be able to enjoy the, this kind of moment and then three, you know, three years later it happened in the same venue it was fantastic but um as for this weekend, oh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's so hard to be optimistic, but then finding a way has happened before now on several occasions. Uh, it's not that we're facing an England that is already in kind of in 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 its place and waiting and raring to go. Obviously, they've got a few pieces they can put back into the jigsaw and make a big difference if they wanted to. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to be, I think a hard day at the office. And I don't if I don't know if we can, I don't know if we I don't feel particularly confident of us being able to hang in there. But it's going to have to depend on. Largely on England's performance, I think. In my newly found uh, spirit of optimism and giving people reasons to be uh, to be cheerful. That's why I came back, Joe. <laughs> I was, I'm sick and tired. And on a Monday morning, I'm like, oh, come on. Where's the misery, man? You know, we haven't we barely won a regional game all season. And then it's like, oh, all right, well, let's look on the bright side. It's like, really? Look, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm here trying to play devil's advocate. As you well know, this is not why I know, this is not what I, I believe. Um but what I would say is if you look back over the last, you know, kind of the last 10 years worth of, in fact, probably since that 2008 game, Justin, um, 
England-Wales games at Twickenham have been tight. We've, I mean, we've only won, what, two? Yeah, two of them, including that one. Um, but there's not been many hammerings like the like the bad old days. You know, you look back to even even last time out was uh, was 33 or 30, yeah 33 30 something like that. So um, yeah, but that was that was one of those. If you don't mind me interjecting, that was one of those where they were out of sight and then we got it together in the last 15 minutes. Yes, and scored a few tries to make it. As all of the fixtures that we didn't win were, um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know it was never. It's what the as you would know from horse racing. It was one of those where they would say that horse in second was never nearer. Yeah. So we we, we we you know we were well beaten and just got a few consolations. But yeah, I take your point because we obviously we've had some drubbings. We, yeah, we you know. we have had some drubbings. But um, Matthew, anything to? I mean, I've not been massively impressed with this with this England side so far. It doesn't feel like they necessarily uh, you know necessarily knows his his best side right now. What um. What do you think, kind of about about the the England team selection and how and how Eddie Jones is likely to go? There's there's a question well, for you. Trying to second guess him. He's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, nobody can, can they? I think you know. I think the obvious place to start is probably the, the Scotland team. He'll use that as the basis. Um, we all know he's a fan of Tuilagi, so if Tuilagi is fit, he'll probably come in with Slade going as as a thirteen. I I would guess. Courtney Laws will will come back in. I know. Um, what was it Ludlam? Has mm. he got some rib injury or something, so he won't be playing? So there's a natural position there for Laws in in six if he wanted to. I don't know, maybe bring Launch be back into the second row with Itoji, maybe. Um, I think there'll be a few switches around like like that, but I think it'll be that Scotland team which will be the which will be the basis of it. When it comes to maybe the front row, I think the front row are quite interchangeable, really. And it, it's horses, of course. I think he'll probably go with Cowan Dickey myself. He's probably giving him a couple of slaps for what he did in Scotland. Um, and the fact that George started the last game would suggest, I think he'll go with Cowan Dickey as, as hooker and then probably leave the rest of the team roughly um, as is, would be my guess. Yeah, so that seems like a pretty um, a pretty, de- yeah, pretty decent assessment. I, I think it feels like, to me, particularly when it goes into the Wales game, if Tuilagi is anywhere near fit, he'll come straight back in. And again, look, we do not have, you know, as we've said a number of times, we don't have a big back row at all and chuck in someone, you know, I think we've said millions of times that none of us are particularly big fans of picking second rows at six. But if you've got laws to be able to do it, Wales is the side that you do it against, isn't it, really? Um, while we're talking team selection, uh, we've had some listeners' questions in, so we're going to head over, uh, head over to this. And while we're talking about the back row, uh, a number of people, uh, including the Welsh Dragon on Twitter, have said Toby to come straight back in. Um, Murph, this is coming to you as we've we've debated this numerous occasions about the the fitness of uh, of Toby Falatau and and what do you do? What are you doing if you're uh, if you're Wayne Pivak this weekend? Well, I, I watched that game, the Bath game on Saturday. Um, or was it Friday night? I can't remember. I, I've seen it anyway. Uh, yeah, and he, he, uh, in classic. Falatel fashion, he just looks like he's never been away in one game. You know, it's first game back and he looks, he was playing six because Nathan Hughes was playing eight. Um, uh, just going off subject slightly, that's obviously that's good news with uh, Falatel being back, but also Johnny Williams was mm. back this weekend and uh, Dan Lydia played. No, neither of those are going to get rushed back, but Falatel might. I, I, even though he's the type of player who can just switch, slide back in and look like he's never been anywhere, I, I would only go as far as the bench with him myself, just to be, 
sensible more than anything else. I mean, it's one game all mm. season, and you're going to throw him into Twickenham. Um, I, I just, it would, it would. I mean, it, uh, putting him to eight and then Moriarty to six, and then you've got to choose between uh, Basham and Morgan. It would, it would give a much better balanced back row. But I just think you're pushing your luck. So I'd be more cautious myself. Yes, then. Um, I feel like I, I totally see what Mel's saying, but I, but I just for the reason that you just mentioned, what the back row would look like with Falatau in it is makes me want to just put him straight to the team. Mm. Um, but I, I do get what you're saying. I mean, you, it, it's also I don't know what that does to say squad morale, for instance. I don't know whether that has a a, 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 a kind of. And he, it's one of those things in the last few weeks I've been thinking a lot more about the fact that, you know, they, that is, I think it's that Andy Farrell obsession with him not being fit, but being, you know, a vital. You don't know the work he does behind mm. the scenes and you don't know the work he does in the week. And it suddenly made me realise that, you know, the culture of the culture of the squad in the week and, you know, outside of the actual playing time is probably quite indicative of how they perform i don't know but i mean i i yeah i just purely from an outsider's point of view i would just say yeah stick him straight in there one one four uh, and one against say, this I, is for I, you matthew with the uh, the casting vote well do you know what i, I actually agree with you. yes it's such a difficult one i do like a few kamikaze decisions as well i think <laughs> i'd i'd probably be tempted in looking at the bench maybe putting an extra forward on the bench because of the risk that we're taking with falatau but we haven't got many options. Wainwright, two years ago, Wainwright was one of the best ball-carrying forwards we had, and he, you know he, he was walking into the Welsh team. He hasn't played well for a period of time now. Um, size is a concern. If we're talking about somebody like Courtney Laws, maybe Toje, somebody like that playing in the back row for England, size is going to be a, an issue for us. So if Falatau is half fit, I would start with him. I'd put an extra forward on the bench. And I'd probably go Basham and Moriarty with him, real bulk, extra forward on the on the bench, and see how it how it goes. We just don't have those options. Otherwise, and I think this would probably be unpopular with the rest of you guys, but I would probably go with the back row that started last week. And I know they'd be small, and that's massive risk in itself in terms of getting physically beaten up. But I'd probably go with that back row because I just don't think Wainwright's playing well enough. And no. you can give him a chance and a chance mm. and a chance after that. But actually, he's not delivering this season. Um, and there's just the cupboard's bare. There's nobody else in that squad. So um, I'm with Yestin uh, and I go Falata. Yeah. I, I would rather rush Toby back than go with two open sides to Twickenham. So I think I think that seals it. <laughs> uh, well, what about you, Jed? Um, as you know, I've been a fan of uh, of twin fetches, if you like, when they first became trendy, you know, Pocock and Hooper and all that. And I, I always wanted to see a bit more of Warburton and Tipperick together. Um, but in the last, like, four weeks, I've become obsessed with uh, how light our pack seems at the moment. And I kind of, I don't want second rows who are shorter than six foot nine. And I, I want I want back row fours who are all six foot four and, um, and, yeah, and 20 stone. I've just become obsessed with wanting a massive pack now. I think just because it... The Island game again just shows that away from home, I think you can get really beaten up by having a, a lightweight back row. And and I thought going into that game, maybe you know that extra bit of mobility was better than trying to fight fire with fire. Um, 
And now I think going to Twickenham, we just, you know, we just need ball carrying options. The front five did it a lot better against Scotland, I have to say. That was something that, that did go better. Um, would I rush Toby back? I don't think I would because like, if this was his first injury, like if we're going back three or four years, I'd be tempted to go, oh, that's all right. He hasn't got, he's played so little consistent rugby for such a long period of time. And Toby's what, only 30, I think, um, or around that. So you've got a couple of years out of him that are, dare I say it, more important than than the one game at, um, uh, at that place. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be uh, I, the bench at most for me, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying about um, about, so, about Wainwright. So, what's your back row, though? Um, I stick with Bash, um, then Moriarty, and I'm, I'm probably inclined to just give Wainwright one more go. I know exactly what you're saying, Matthew, but... Um, for me, I, I'm a bit puzzled as to why someone like Shane Lewis Hughes in there. And again, I know he hasn't played a huge amount of rugby, but again, he's kind of just seems to have dropped off the radar. Again, just gives you a bit more bulk. Um, yeah, he's just not turning off for his club, though. Well, no, he's not but his game club, time, is he? No, his club never bloody plays, though, do they? They're, yeah. they're either yeah, 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 postponed yeah, yeah. or storm postponed. Yeah, it's just yeah, a bit weird. Uh, if you don't mind, I've been dying to um, cover Yestin's comments about 2008, um, being there and everything else. I, I watched that game <laughs> in the City Arms. And because it was 2008 and the last time we'd won up there was 1988, I was a schoolboy the last time we had won. So it was, I was, uh, what was I? I don't know what age I was, 30 odd uh, or something in 2008. A grown man, a responsible married man. And when we won, I lost my shit completely, went out onto Womanby Street, climbed a drain pipe <laughs> quite high. And I was doing this to everyone in the lane, in uh, outside, you know, because ah, I, I just, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, maybe I thought some of them were English. Or I don't know. Anyway, I fell off. Uh, and, well, I, when I say fell, I half fell, half jumped. But as I climbed up, my trainer had slipped off my heel slightly. So when I hit the deck, I just went heel straight onto concrete. And it wasn't broke, but it was really fucked. And that was obviously stupid. But then I did something even more stupid. I told my employer exactly how I did it. Rather than say, (laughs) my employer at the time, rather than say, oh, I fell off the ladder doing uh, DIY on the weekend. I said, what happened was I was blind drunk, (laughs) climbed up a fucking drain pipe, uh, made a twat of myself, and now I can't come to work. So my employer took a really dim dim view of the situation. I ended up in like some kind of dispute uh, just over a game of rugby. uh, employer-employee dispute over a game of rugby up in Twickenham. True story. Yeah, I definitely can't top that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure many can. As uh, true, true Murph style that one. Um, let's uh, let's bring it back to uh, bring it back to selection. The other big area that that people seem to be concerned about. Again, we've had uh, this in from uh, from Reece Knott uh, and a few others as well. Uh, Andy John, what do we do in the centres? Um, we were saying before, I think it was before we came on air, Matthew, about Scott Williams, you know, showing some really nice touches on uh, on Saturday night. Um, obviously, he's nowhere, nowhere near the nowhere near the squad. What would you be doing with the centres? Look, I would straight away bring Scott back <clears throat> in. Um, Scarlets last night weren't weren't great. Friday night, sorry, weren't weren't, weren't great. Um, but Scott Williams' touches are just sublime at times. And if anybody saw the Johnny Williams try. You know, the touch that Scott put in just to get that ball fed through is just beautiful to, to see. I don't understand why he's not in the squad. We've got, Our current squad is one of the worst squads we've had in over a quarter of a century, I don't think. I can't think of a 
uh, of a weaker squad in, in recent years. And the one person, I think, who really stands out who's not in the squad is him in the most difficult area for us. Because we don't, we don't have centres. We don't have world-class centres. We don't have a, a Robertson-Foxy partnership that you know will do the job. And we've tried so many options now and permutations with um, Tompkins and others that just haven't worked. Um, for, for me, Scott would walk straight into that team and I would go Scott with Tompkins straight away. Now, that's obviously not going to happen. My, my plan <laughs> B would be Halaholo, um, but that's not going to happen. I think he's probably going to go with the same partnership as, as, as last week. I wouldn't do that. I'm not a fan of Owen Watkin. I don't know what he brings to the table. I think, you know, he's one of these players. He'll have one break, and everybody talks about that one break for ages. A bit like um, Seb Davis, who I don't rate at all. And um, he did that chip for Cardiff Blues a couple of weeks ago in the European, European Cup. And then that's all people are talking about. But he doesn't do the hard graft of, of what you expect a second row to do. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm doing a Murphy and going off on oh, one sorry, eye. Sorry. Two-footed. But, but, uh, but I think he'll go with the same centre partnership. I think it's the wrong decision. Um, and I think it's a disgrace that Scott's not in the squad. And I think it's an absolute... Well, it's crazy not to be playing the informed centre in Wales. Um, See also Reese Webb, by the way. Okay, I'm not with you on that one, Murph. Sorry. But, no, didn't see no. the try scored this weekend. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Reese Webb. I, I think there's about five or six scrum masters. I go Dane Blacker before Reese Webb, but there wow. you go. Wow. Well, I mean, I take back everything I said about the book. I take back everything I said about the book. But yeah, who, who got this bloke from the other side of the Lacher Estuary? <laughs> yes, Dean, I'm adding balance. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, that is proper it, BBC balance, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it, the, the. I was just reading a, a sort of th- you know the usual Twitter thread uh, this morning, and you just kind of realise that it's not a situation that is born of paucity of players necessarily, right? It might be that the coaching team has picked a variety of players, a variety of combinations, a variety of different kind of ways. Because on Twitter, they were going, well, you know, I'd quite like to see Dan playing at 12. Yeah, this, and I'm like, can we stop, whoa, can hang we, on. Can we stop playing players out of position and even suggesting yeah. it now? Like, And then can we have, and um, you know, maybe it should be Jared at 10, Dan at 12, Ben Thomas at 13. It was like... And Very it's, 1988, it's, that is. Yeah, but it, but it is... There's something there. There's some. The the truth of that matter is that it's like all bets are off. And I was just thinking, I hope. It, what's Adam's state of health? Does anybody know? I I, I don't I don't know. From my perspective, he would come back on the wing straight yeah. away. Oh yeah. You know, with the experiment that obviously went. You know, it, it didn't it didn't work, right? And I'm, I'm not advocating for them to do it again. Before they did the experiment, I was a little bit like, well. Look, there's so few options in centre, and please, we're trying something. But do you remember back in the Graham Henry era, um, who was that Cardiff forward, Andre Lewis? Yeah. You know the prop, and he kept playing him as a hooker, a hooker yeah. to see if he could be. Oh. Or maybe thirty, I don't know. Um, even though we you... lost, we lost you then, Matt, just for a second. Oh, oh so sorry. Start oh, with oh, the. Um, that's all right. Back to Andrew Lewis. 
Yeah, so in terms of Andrew Lewis, if you remember in the Graham Henry era, Graham Henry kept testing him as a as a hooker, even though he was a prop, and he was rubbish as, as a prop, he was rubbish as a hooker, but he ended up getting 20-odd, 30-odd caps for Wales as a result of it. Now, if you want to do those kind of tests, you've got to do them at club level, hmm. and if you want Josh Adams playing in centre, he needs to be playing regularly for, the Blue, uh, for Cardiff in the centre for a period of time, then he can step up. You don't test them out on the international scene, um, something like that. So for me, I was, I was sort of sympathetic because we were a bit on the desperate side. It didn't work. He needs to come back in on the wing, in my opinion. And then obviously, if they want to keep trying him as a centre, give him a run out with, with Cardiff for a period of time and see if, see if it works out. But he shouldn't be wearing that 13 jersey again for Wales. Do you think that um, they would try the experiment again, Jed, Murph? Um... No, not now. I don't think so. Um, it wasn't, you know, again, we've, we've said it a million times. It wasn't Adams's fault, but he looked he looked like a player being played out of position. And it wasn't even so much like, it, it just looked like a back line that lacked having someone who played any extensive period of rugby at 13, yet alone international rugby there. And it's you've, we've said it before, it's such a difficult position to play that that's why you have to, I think you have to play a specialist there. And, you know, again, even more credit to George North, whose stock goes up in his absence, really, that, to be fair to Pivot, they have converted him into a, you know, into an international class 13. And, um, you know, I think the older he gets, the perhaps the the better that, that 13 jersey is going to suit him. Uh, I don't think we'll see, we'll see Adams back there um, again. Um, I mean, obviously, again, you don't need my thoughts on 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 Owen Watkin. I've said it before. I, I, I think he's just kind of a no frills centre, and I'd rather have a no frills centre that adds some shape to a to a back line. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if it, if it was me picking a side, you probably got to go. You probably got to go same again. I think just because the, there's there's no one else. There's no one else really in that squad fit to do it. But the the issue there is that he, he pulled it off with moving George. Yeah. Moved George out of position to 30, and it worked. So then he thought he could do it again, and it backfired. So hopefully he's learned a lesson there. But um, we covered it recently, I think, about the number of partners that uh, Tompkins yeah. has had in the last year or so. And last week's, or not last week, week before last, sort of worked. No, last week sort of worked. So I think he'd be tempted to not chance his arm any further, if you know what I mean. Uh, if Maybe if Halahola had played on Friday night, then he'd be tempted. But as it is, I think, I mean, whoever we pick now, uh, whether it's like the best centres we've ever had, like, you know, so we had a time machine and we magic, magic up Bledin Williams or whatever and get him to play next Saturday, there's no shape in midfield. Mm. No matter who fucking, no matter who bloody plays there, there's no organization and attack in midfield so we we can argue the toss over who's, who's going to go there but i'd rather see some kind of idea of what we're trying to do in midfield rather than who we're picking hey, i've got a theory go on <laughs> sorry let me get the, <laughs> let me get the theme tune ready <laughs> i know i know it's mad isn't it um i've been thinking i've been obsessing about this for weeks now so i've been dying to say something and I think it, it, I can't wait now. Yeah. So my my theory is that the coaching team are literally putting it on the players to think on their feet on the in during a game, and they are trying to develop a an instinctive, almost like a kind of off the cuff Australian style. Look, let the backs do what they want to do. Let's not 
suffocate them with plays and plays and plays and let's see what they've got and the fact that we've been playing to a playbook for 20 years or whatever or at least at least 14 or 15 years means that players are i think generationally struggling with the concept of playing what's in front of them and i don't mean and i'm not having a go at the players they i mean it's almost like i blame the parents kind of thing you know it's not but i don't blame the parents but i, <laughs> I blame the envi- i blame the environment that is that is i'm having a go at everyone and i um i'm blaming the environment that the rugby environment that has allowed people to go okay so what are we doing now then you know and i'm I, you know i know again 56 year old man speaks you know about kind of what it was like in the back back in the days and i'm not knocking not knocking any of the players but i wonder whether that's what the coaches are trying to do they're trying to basically instill some sort of psychological strength in the playing team on the pitch because that as far as as far as i can see there's no particular rhyme and reason and you can't see you know stephen jones isn't Stephen Jones is an experienced coach, right? Wayne Pivak is an experienced coach. They're not, they're not stupid people. They're not rubbish. And also, yeah, okay, the players are not, not you know, world beating, but they're, they're they're playing with, as you've said, without any significant pattern or or any kind of play. And I just, anyway, long story short. I just think they're trying to play off. They're trying to get them to play off the cuff, and they don't know how to do it. I hope you're right. I hope that is actually the case. Yeah. Because uh, you know, it's almost trying to again, again, going back to Cardiff and you know the when they were up against it, whether they were trying to just evoke some sort of spirit. I don't know. I I really really don't know because there's there's just no there's no noticeable. I mean, I, I, there's no noticeable pattern of play that works in any no. way, shape, or form. But if we had somebody like a Hadley Parks at 12, you see, I think it'd be a different matter. Exactly. You, you would be able to do stuff like that, yesterday, and you know, you'd have a thinking 12. But that's just not what we've got in the minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not even my bugbear is there's not even any launch plays as they call them now. There's no back moves, like an old-fashioned back move. Sometimes sparks everything into life you get yourself over the game line in a bit of space or whatever from a from a i don't know off the top line out or whatever you traditionally side used to do um and then play from there but it seems to be pretty much crash ball half the time and then and especially when we get into um the opposition 22 it's just first man up whoever receives the ball from the ruck carries it in there's, there's no there's nothing beyond that once we get in the opposition 22. Not so far this tournament. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're Six Nations champions. So there was something last year. There was there was something going on. But obviously there was the red card issue that helped us out a lot. But there was more attacking shape last year. So it's not a complete loss. Well, this year, yeah, well, when you when you got 15 on 14, you've always got a man over. <laughs> yeah, but if you remember, we were scoring from close range. Yeah, we were. You know, actually. in really clinical fashion last last tournament. I don't know what we've never had that. Uh, like I said at the mm. time, we've never had that under Gatland, and we also never had under Gatland a, a driven lineout, which was yeah. very good again in the last game. So there are some things that are positive, but uh, back play is not one of them. No, I think you're <laughs> right though. That, and I, I think we touched on this last week. That 
if it was that the line out was as bad as it has been at points, and that's under Gatland, that's under Graham Henry, it's under mm. bloody everyone, that you know that it's been such an Achilles heel of ours. But if it goes like it did against Scotland, and and the scrum does similar, you're kind of in the game. Like you know, as, yeah. as much as it has been pretty turgid stuff behind the scrum, you get get some territory, and it's not you know not going to be pretty, but you get territory, you win penalties, you kick your points, you're in you're in the game again. Um, and again, you know, a, a driving line out that that gets over the line, then mm. things you know any, anything could happen then. And we do have a, go on, Matt. We 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 do have a weaker squad this year. You know, mm. even comparing mm. ourselves last year. You know, mm. no Navidi, no yeah. Alan Wynne Jones. The list is there, and it's boring to, to list people who are injured because there's so yeah. many of them. But yeah. we've got we've got nobody who can carry the ball. You know, no. you haven't got that twelve. You haven't got the big back rowers to carry the ball. Even the, you know the second rows. Um, you know, they're, they're not the best ball ball carriers. So we, we've got nobody to give us that platform to play off. Mm. That's depressed me, that have. <laughs> have you got any more? Well, I will say, if, if you could just have Navidi back, yeah, you know, well, I, it makes if such. If you could a give me Navidi back, it yeah. makes such a difference. What I will say is, their scrum is not as uh, cause for fright as it used to be, um, and I was being steady apart from referee interpretations in in Ireland. Uh, solid last week, uh, actually on top, I thought uh, last week, and um, England scrum is not what it was, so. I mean, I, the, judging by the weather, I don't know where the forecast is in London, but down here, it's going if it's played down here, it's going to be damp next week. So um, it could end up being a set piece match. Yeah, no, exactly. And and if that's if that's the case, if you go again like we did against Scotland, then I think you you know we might might find ourselves um, in the game. But you've also got to hold up defensively, and and that's that's the area that that concerned me most uh, after the Ireland game. Um, because yeah, I just think it, you know, that that's where it, that's where it could get a bit a bit grim. What helps is there isn't a settled back line that England have got. But if Tuilangi comes back into that, um, yeah. you know, he'll he'll be licking his lips and un- whatever centre partnering it is, he'll fancy he'll fancy having an absolute fielder and running at Thomas Williams, like you said, who, who seems to be doing most of that kind of um, most of that front uh, first up defending. Uh, you know, again that. They don't. They don't have to play pretty England to um, to do that. But I don't know. It's um, for some reason I'm not. I'm not terrified of this game, which which might change no. come the weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, you you you'd look at that England side and say for all the all the different permutations they could have from their squad and the depth that they've got in terms of quality. I just don't think it suits Eddie. I think he's got eight players who he really wants to call upon, and most of them play for Saracens, and quite a few of them haven't been playing well for for two or three seasons. It's a weird thing with Eddie, uh, Eddie Jones because uh, the way he coached Japan mm. was all out entertainment. Yeah. And now he can't seem to put even a slight amount of that into the England side. Um, you're right about Tuolagi. I think uh, if he's there and he, he gets on top of us in midfield, that Marcus Smith has got the ability to put the gloss on everything, if you know what I mean. And it could... Because obviously, with, with uh, the way highlights work, they only show the pretty bits. Yeah. But the reality is, normally you've been battered up front at Twickenham for a good fifty minutes to an hour, and then they scored a couple of tries at the end. And if uh, the, the highlights suggest you've been run rings around, but you mm-hmm. haven't been run rings around. You've been overpowered. Um, uh, just one more thing about the backs and the, the unsettled nature of it, or 
a little bit unsettled with the English side. You're raving about Freddie Stewart, mm. especially after the autumn. Um, so far in this tournament, he, he looks like a bit of a cart horse. I mean, rock steady under the high ball, but unless he's deceptively quick because he's so tall, he doesn't look. He doesn't look. I wouldn't fear him at all. I mean, Q hat trick obviously on Saturday, but he doesn't look. It doesn't look. They look they, when he he scored a try in the autumn. He's saying he looks set to be in the side for ten seasons to come and be a world class operator and all this. He just looks like a. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a comparison over here. Just a lummox at the back to me a little bit. Maybe I'm reading him wrong. I don't know. I mean, certainly more of a more of a solid fifteen. I was I was quite impressed with him in the autumn because I think it's it's really easy to um, to forget. How many balls get knocked on from uh, from big up and unders and, and box kicks and stuff mm. now? And I think if you take that out of the game, which he did really well in the autumn, it then did, and and like the the bloody Ulster fullback did today, you know, just the ability to, even in those conditions to to not um, to not spill the ball on it just ke- it just keeps you in the game territory wise. Yeah. Again, that you yeah. know, but I'd be much more scared if the uh, if the Harlequins fullback was uh, Torren Green was playing there because he's got sprinter's pace and and that's something mm. that, that scares you but he's yeah he's I don't know I, I would say he's functional but he also hasn't had a particularly outstanding start I thought he was very quiet against Scotland yeah I mean given a choice between Stewart or Jaminé go Jaminé well yeah yeah uh, but <laughs> I mean uh, other than kind of Christian Cullen and his pomp I think Jaminé is someone yeah. you know who kind of trump, trumps a lot there um we should have a look, gents, before we go, uh, just to bring it down another level, um, if anyone was too excited on this Monday morning listening to it, um, and have a look back at the club rugby from this weekend, because it was a pretty, um, yeah, like like you said, Matthew, not a, not a fantastic uh, game for the Scarlets. Um, the Ospreys lost, and, uh, and the, I mean... I can see why people are glued to their televisions watching jumbo jets land rather than uh, rather than watching um, the dragons play rugby because that was uh, a pretty horrible game of rugby as well. Did anyone see anything they enjoyed out of uh, at the regional rugby this weekend? Yeah, I did. Go on. Um, Cal- the way that Calamaphoni uh, runs into tackles. Yeah. I mean, mm. it, basically take him in, take him to the Vale next week and get him to get him to teach people how to run. Yeah. ridiculously hard into yeah. contact like I've ne- I haven't seen a player I mean I know Nick Williams was mm. was particularly good at that but Callum Afoni is is faster than Nick Williams was and he hits mm. he hits people that you know he just has no real regard for himself so that was the highlight I mean you know you had a bad time Matt but that was actually that was the best game out oh, yeah. of the three mm. But easily the best game out of the three. It looked like the Ospreys had already decided to lose by but how many as soon as they ran on the pitch. And I mean, I'm again, seems a bit harsh, but it didn't feel like they were ever going to be in the game. In terms of Calamaphoni, if you remember the last Scarlet's coach, what was his name? Delaney. Mm. And he was blinking useless. He absolutely useless. And um, But he signed Calamaphoni because I think they had a... They were together in Nottingham, I think, beforehand. And that was the one decent thing from a legacy perspective that that guy did. Because other than that, he was absolutely useless coach. I was really glad to see him go. Um, but with Callum Afoni, he does the same every single week, 100% every single week. It's a little bit like Wales. He's the only ball carrier um, Scarlett's got. 
there's there's no other options without him. We we probably you know we'd be, we'd be screwed every single game. It's the same sort of thing with Wales, isn't it? Hardly any anybody can carry a, a ball, and it's I think it's it's a problem across the whole of Welsh rugby. It is. I tell you what, we're talking ball carrying eights, um, and the the misery that was the Dragons game this afternoon. Stand that performance from Dan Baker as well. It just carried and carried and carried, and again just makes you think. What I think what a fantastic a fantastic ball carrying eight he could have been had. Had he not had what five seasons worth of injuries uh, prior to being twenty nine, you know, it's just, um, yeah, I, um, I I thought he put in a, a monster shift. He just obviously it, his conditions today. I would have said uh, well, it was well, it was yeah, but you know, none, nonetheless, you look at that yeah, yeah. the quality in that Ulster side. You know, he didn't didn't stop running all day. Um, mm. I think he played eighty minutes as well actually. Um, but you know, it was a, a small uh, a small crumb of solace in an otherwise miserable mm. afternoon. There's only so, there's only so much watching Sam Davis. I can my, my heart can take at the moment. <laughs> I quite I also quite like the surround pitch at, Ro, at Rodney as well. I just want to say that yellow works for me. Yeah, it does look so good, doesn't it? That was that was probably aesthetically I was watching that more than I was watching the red. Well, and the Alistair kit blended nicely with it as well, didn't it? It did, and mm. I was going. This is a vibe, and I was like looking around my room, going, "How can I incorporate this color scheme?" Just around the edge. Can... Yeah, just around the edge. I liked it. So I, th- I think so. Those were my two highlights. What about you, Mur? I um wanted to talk about the Slatter game. Uh, excuse me, Scarlet's game. Um, I thought it was all Dan Jones's fault. Uh, what the hell uh, they, was that cross-field kick-off a penalty about? Well, Connacht weren't in it at that point. Yeah. And then after that point, we never looked back. So, um, Well, his chops into the ref helped enormously. Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't I, I, I can't, as a, an outsider, a, 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 an Eastie, should we say, I can't wait for Patchell to start starting matches again. But he, he, he actually had a horrible 20 minutes off the bench as well, though. Uh, and, yeah, I, and as you know, I'm a massive fan of Patchell. Um, yeah. And I think I think he may, he'll make a massive difference that side if he can stay fit. They they even even with um, the crossfield kick and a few other the chops into the ref and a few other things, they still should have won mm. based on two simple two on ones they yeah. fucked up. Which uh, I, I, it was a classic Welsh region finding a way to lose when it was on a plate well, not on a plate because you know Connor really I thought they were really good defensively off getting off the line today and everything uh, but uh, the first one was um, Shingler mm. didn't put uh, Dane Blacker through yeah. just threw it ended up throwing it forward because he threw he threw out, he wanted to throw a dummy first but the guy didn't take the dummy and then he had to throw it late and then go on the ground and then Calamaphoni who was otherwise faultless, mm. failed to put um, Kieran Hardy over. Calamaphoni's carrying was a, it reminded me, it was like a bit of a throwback to 1980s rugby league when everyone was going the high knees route rather than the low slung kind of uh, drop the shoulder thing. Uh, it was it was beautiful. And even though uh, Connor's defence was pie hot on the day, they, they he got ground out of him every time. So he did. But Dan Jones's what? fault, that's my general yeah, point. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Can I, what? What's the story with Dan Jones? Well, why you know is, he, why is got, he like a? He's the golden. He's always there. Look, I, I can't defend him because he's he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's not regional standard. He's you know he's he's probably Premiership standard. We have got a lad called um, Sam Costello yeah, who's yeah, actually very course. good. Mm. Um, and I think he, there was nothing to. Well, I was talking to some of the guys who sit with me 
um, last night and everybody was asking the same question. Nobody's aware of an injury or anything like that. So I don't know what's going on there. But Costa, he's a really good player and he could be one for Wales in the future. Dan Jones, you know, we, we've kept pushing him for years now and he's never made it. And he loses confidence really easily. You know, the first 15 minutes, the Scott, Will, um, the, the Scott Williams bit of magic, the try, things were looking good. Then once that crossfield kick went in and we just gave them a try, his head went down. Everybody seemed to be going south really quickly. And he just went all wrong from there. So Murph, I totally agree with you. I think even like, and I am a, you know, a reasonably one-eyed Turk at times, right? <laughs> but I, I cannot defend him. He's, he's, not, he's not regional standard. And they've just kept plugging away with him. Um, did, I've got no idea why. He did have a bit of a purple patch under uh, yeah, but yeah, only, only as a backup. He, he made a lot of great cameos. Some of those, some he's... of those big games, though. Some of those big games in the, I think it was in a European run. Dan Jones played at ten, and Patchell played at fifteen. I'm thinking that game at Bath. I think I'm right in saying that. Mm. Um, yeah. And Patchell looked brilliant from fifteen, and Jones. It was, but again, it was a settled, a settled side where you kind of know. And I think having that that extra playmaker in and having, fifteen, and also having Steph Hughes outside him as a sort of calming head, I think, mm. and a bit of authority and stuff like that helps as well. I think like, played... I, I can tell you, as a as a season ticket holder, right? Even then, because you're totally right, he was going into a settled side, the best Finetti based side we'd seen since probably early early nineties kind of thing. But he's even as a season ticket holder, you didn't want to see Dan Jones coming on mm. um, because <laughs> it, we, we, he wasn't going to improve things um, from, from from that perspective. And he's 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 just been there too long now as well. They've just kept trying and trying with him. Um, yeah, there's no future for him. But um, several several coaches have kept on. Yeah, you know, Brad Moore not, as well. Brad yeah. Moore. Yeah. 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 He's um, like the West Wales Jason Tovey. <laughs> That's a brilliant analogy. <laughs> Not a nickname you want to carry, to be honest. <laughs> no offence to any any player, either player, obviously. Yeah, that is a, that's all. Oh, that is actually the perfect drop analogy. He's just yeah. there because he he keeps being fit and around. <laughs> he tries to retire and gets dragged back in. That's uh, that's what happened to Jason Tovey. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like. Uh... Like your man, uh, your man Dan Fish as well. He's tried to retire three times this yeah, season, yeah. and we will def- we'll definitely see it. We'll definitely see him again. Uh, right, he, fellas. He, he played for the RFC yesterday. Did he? Yeah, yeah. With um, yeah, with uh, time running out, it's time to get your predictions for the uh, for the England Wales game next week. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Yestin. Scoreline, please. Uh, Wales thirteen, England twenty-two. Okay, Murph. Uh, Wales, 18, England, 15. Matt? Oh, oh God, this is so difficult. I'll, I'll go England, 29, Wales, 16. Okay, I am going to go for a, a repeat scoreline of the aforementioned 2005 game. And also a repeat scoreline of me beating Murph in the quiz of uh, of Wales eleven, <laughs> England nine. Um, uh, yeah, no, joking aside, I think um, I think I think it could be I think it could be tight, but I think probably one of those where England pull away towards the end. So I'll go England twenty six, 
Wales yeah. 16. I was just, just going to say, you can't restrict England to just three penalties at Twickenham. No. They get at least five off the ref. Yeah, without, you just, you without, just hand, in your, you <laughs> hand in your drinks token to start with, don't you? And, they, and you get your, your five penalty... Uh, your five, your yeah, five with, without whatever tries they score, yeah. they're guaranteed to get five kickable penalties <laughs> off of the ref. I wonder who the ref's going to be. That'll be important, no doubt. Yeah, it, uh, I'm sure it might even have been announced already, but... Um, you know, better better uh, research podcasts will probably be able to tell you that, whereas I can't. Um, All I can tell you is he won't be on our side. <laughs> no, not if he wants to continue his refereeing career, no. All that, to, all that to look forward to. Uh, and of course, we'll be here to deliver the fallout uh, next Monday. Um, thanks to the Mighty Murph, to Justin George, uh, and a special thanks this week to Matthew Jones, uh, the... Author of the Six Nations Rugby Quiz book. Uh, make sure you get out and get a copy of that now. And finally, as always, a thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some caffeine, top... not nicotine. Caffeine, not nicotine. If you want to get some top quality coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Podcast Network.